Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Cheer up your pilgrims, be joyful and sing. Jesus is coming again. From Los Angeles, California, we present the program of the Voice of Prophecy. A voice crying in the wilderness of these latter days, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. And now the King's Heralds, our radio quartet, bring us that challenging song, Dare to Stand Like Daniel. We are bound for Canaan land, chanting by the way. Who shall lead us on the road to your King today? Dare to stand like Joshua, dare to say the word. And for my hearts, we will serve the Lord. Many trials we have seen us far on our way. He hath led us safely through. Shall he lead today? Dare to stand like Joshua, dare to say the word, as for me and for my Trust the Lord, He shall lead today. Dare to stand like Joshua, dare to say the word, as for me and for my Our Lord, Thou art God, and there is none else. Thou art God, and there is none like Thee, declaring the end from the beginning, and saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Thou art never taken by surprise. The program of coming events is in Thy hand. Thou hast said, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord, and read. No one of these shall fail and faith cometh by hearing the word of God. As thy word is heard in this broadcast, may it create in the hearts of the hearers such a faith in God that nothing can shake through eternal years. We ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. There is a place of God.
Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who wait before thee, near to the heart of God. Greetings to our friends, everyone and everywhere, and time for an announcement of great importance. In the Voice of Prophecy mailbag for today is a thrilling letter from Dr. David R. Reese, editor of the Christian Record, a journal for the blind. He states enthusiastically, I am running the entire Voice of Prophecy radio log as a supplement in our next issue of the Christian Record. Our circulation is close to 5,000. We want our readers to have full information about when and where they can hear the Voice of Prophecy broadcast. No doubt, too, you will receive many requests for the Voice of Prophecy Bible lessons for the blind in the Braille as the result of this circulation. I have accompanied the log with an invitation to all of the blind to be sure to listen in to one of the best religious broadcasts on the air. Now, friends, we do not have a complete list of the blind folk who read the Braille, but if you know of a blind neighbor or relative, be sure to invite him to tune in to our broadcast and mail his enrollment to us for our free Bible correspondence course of 24 easy lessons prepared especially for the blind in the Braille. Unite with Dr. Reese of the Christian Record, the Voice of Prophecy, and other organizations attempting to bring cheer and spiritual vision to the hearts of the sightless. Remember, our Bible correspondence course for the blind in the Braille is offered absolutely free to the blind of the world. So be sure to write today. And now, a special song by request, one of the King's Herald's best, Cling to the Bible, My Boy. As you journey through life on the way you pursue, there is one thing in earnest I wish you to do. Oh, my boy, while I say this to you, oh, cling to the Bible, my boy, then cling to the Bible, my boy, oh, cling to the Bible, my boy, Letting go Oh, my boy, 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 boy
the inspiration of that song, King's Heralds, and now, the voice of prophecy with a Bible message for today, prophecies of world events. The Bible is the global book, translated into more than 1,060 languages, 50 times the tongues of Pentecost. But in its wonderful prophecies fulfilled in history, the Bible carries within itself the proof of its own inspiration. This global circulation, its ability to speak in so many languages to the hearts of men, is not the only claim it has to being global. My friends, its majestic picture of the march of history, from the first day of creation to the final judgment and the dawn of eternity, is more. Here in the Bible we watch the gigantic procession of the ages, as century after century passes before the reviewing stands of prophecy. And one nation after another arises and passes away in the grand pageant of time. Really, the Bible is interesting. A Bible prophecy of definite world events is found in the seventh chapter of Daniel. Read it for yourself. We shall just touch some of the high points here. This prophecy of Daniel 7 proves that God foresaw the future of nations and recorded this foresight centuries before the events of history fulfilled the picture. To the prophet Daniel came a vision of supernatural, moving, talking pictures of things far in the future, a preview of the main highway of history right down to our day and on to the end of time. You can't understand it, no, neither can I, but I believe it. Our inability to understand all the ways and works of God is not sufficient reason to doubt them or to deny them. There are still many things right here on earth which neither we nor anyone else can understand. So here's the Bible, and here are the words of God's holy prophet. I'm reading Daniel 7, 23. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth. It shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. What did these four beasts represent? What did they symbolize? Well, this is clearly figurative language. The explanations in verse 17. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. The word kings here denotes also kingdoms, as we learn in verse 23, where we're told that the fourth beast is the fourth kingdom upon earth. So you see, radio friend, the successive rise of these four visioned beasts was a pictured forecast of the consecutive rise of four great world kingdoms, as the words of inspiration put it, kingdoms upon earth. How did these kingdom symbols arise? They came up on the earth on the scene of action as nations from the great sea. And they arose from a stormy sea, too, as the four winds of heaven, north wind, south wind, east wind, west wind, strove, fought, whirled into a mighty typhoon upon the raging waters. What an appropriate description of the rise of warlike nations this is. Amid the waves of world conflict and confusion, they suddenly appear from the ocean of humanity stirred into being by lashing winds of war. And this very kind of symbol is used in the Bible in other places. 
this wind or storm symbol of war and invasion. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 49, verse 36, where the prophet describes the punishment that God threatened upon the nation of Elam, he says, And upon Elam will I bring the four winds from the four quarters of heaven, will scatter them toward all those winds. And there shall be no nation whither the outcasts of Elam shall not come. And I will cause Elam to be dismayed before their enemies, and before them that seek their life. And I will bring evil upon them, even my fierce anger, saith the Lord, and I will send a sword after them, till I have consumed them. The blowing of these four winds represents the storm of war to come upon Elam. So winds, you see, when used in the symbol language of Bible prophecy, represent war, strife, international confusion, and trouble. Nothing known to man is more destructive than a great whirlwind or tornado. And turning to Jeremiah 25:32, we find that figure used as a symbol of war among the nations. Behold, he says, evil shall go forth from nation to nation. Isn't that just the way the great world war began? It spread from one nation to another, then to still another, and on and on, until nearly the whole world now feels the rising wind of war. But first let us read the whole verse. Behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation, and the great whirlwind shall be raised up from the coast of the earth. The first half of the next verse shows that this whirlwind represents international war. The prophet continues, And the slain of the Lord shall be at that day, from one end of the earth even unto the other end of the earth. But what is symbolized by the great sea or waters from which the world kingdoms arose in stormy times? Let's read the Bible answer here in Revelation 17:15. He said unto me, The waters which thou sawest are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Now we have the complete picture right from the scripture itself. The waters represent the multitudes and nations of earth, the winds, strife, and war, the beasts which arose from the troubled sea, the four great kingdoms of prophecy and history. And according to the history books, these four previewed kingdoms were Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. Turning again to the seventh chapter of Daniel's prophecy, we find these four world power symbols described. First, it's like a lion at eagle's wings. Eagle's wings evidently pictured the speed of conquest exhibited by Babylon. It's interesting to note that the only sculptured animal found by modern archaeologists in the ruins of Babylon is a great lion of solid stone. This kingdom went down in 538 B.C. on the night of Belshazzar's feast with a thousand of his lords and ladies. God said that Babylon would go down if it defied the Creator, and it did. Sin is a reproach to any people, we read in Proverbs 14:34. Dissipation, infidelity, and widespread wickedness put any nation in danger. Babylon and its rulers sowed their wild oats, and they reaped the harvest. By the way, do you know that we are informed that every three and a half minutes, night and day, a check is forged in the United States? Every 22 seconds, a major crime is committed. Until now, the army of the lawless has reached five million. One marriage out of every six ends in divorce here. Half the people of our nation did not attend one religious service during the last year. In one state, a questionnaire was sent to 18,000 high school students and 16,000 of them couldn't name three prophets of the Old Testament. 12,000 couldn't name the four Gospels. 10,000 could not name three of Christ's disciples. Remember, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man or a nation soweth, that shall he also reap. Galatians 6, 7. Now back to Daniel 7, verse 5. And behold, another beast, a second, like a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it, 
And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. Like a bear, Medo-Persia, the second kingdom, devoured not only Babylon, but Lydia and Egypt as well, as suggested by the three ribs in its rapacious mouth. Dr. Adam Clark says that the Medes and Persians were known as great robbers and spoilers. Read about them in Jeremiah 51, verses 48 and onward. They had a global appetite and spread over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia, according to Esther 8 9. You know, friends, the idea of rule or ruin hasn't died out of the world yet. Nations have tried it, are trying it, and people try it too. But all who follow this road to human glory will find that it leads sooner or later to destruction and despair. It is said that an old Indian chief once heard the gospel story for the first time. When urged to accept it, he said, The Jesus road is good, but I've followed the Indian road all my life, and I'll keep on it to the end. A year or so later, life was slipping away, and he was about to enter a land where he was a stranger. He was looking for a trail through the darkness. He called the man of God and asked him, Can I take the Jesus road now? My road ends here. That's the way it is with all human grandeur, all human roads, all human life without God. As Babylon went down, so Persia's world empire collapsed too. Gone was Babylon's purple show, changing centuries ago. And Persia's glory lies in sand from Basra up to Samarkand. At the great decisive battle of Arbil in 331 BC, Persia went down in final defeat before the blitz attack of Alexander the Great and his Greeks from Europe. The ancient Bible prophecy pictured the third beast symbol in Daniel 7, 6. After this I beheld and lo another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given unto it. The leopard is a cat-like creature of speed, and the four wings emphasize speed, speed, speed in the career of Alexander. History says that it was a true picture of his meteor-like career. At the time he was 32 years old, the year 323, found the whole civilized world at his feet. He was a 20th century man, born 2,000 years too soon. At least someone said that. He had great plans for a new world after his war. He wanted to build a macadamized road from Babylon to the Pillars of Hercules on the Atlantic. But his four leading generals divided the empire among themselves when he died in a drunken debauch. You see, the symbol leopard had four heads. Prophecy said it would be. History says it was. I like the Bible because it contains so many things like that, so many definite prophecies which are proved true by authentic history. We can depend on the Bible. The empire of Alexander is gone now. God said it would go, and it did. All the glory that was Greece drinks the desert's timeless peace. Alexander's jewel throne rests forgotten and alone. Babylon, Persia, Greece abode their destined hour and went their way. The lion, bear, and leopard were gone. What next? Listen. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. It had great iron teeth. It devoured, break in pieces, stamped the residue with the feet of it. It was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. It had ten horns. Daniel 7, verse 7. This nameless dream of ferocity was Rome, the fourth and last world kingdom, which was ruling with iron force when a babe born under a shining star, a babe who is to last, at last to rule all the world, forever came to this world. Rome tried to 
kill that babe. Did nail him to a cross when he came to manhood. Rome rolled on with ponderous and bloody chariot wheels. Mankind thought this mighty fabric of human law and brutality too strong to die. But God said it would die. That from its broken fragments, ten other kingdoms would arise. Men were wrong. God was right. History proves that God spoke the truth. Italy, Switzerland, Spain, Portugal, France, England, Germany. These are the inheritors of Rome's empire. There's more in this seventh chapter of Daniel, much more that all men ought to know. Read it, study it. There are books that explain it fully and give the history and its fulfillment. But now we see God's work proved in his word. Just four world kingdoms, not three or five, but four. How did Daniel know? Only by revelation from God in the scripture of truth. Now Rome is gone. Her divided and warring fragments are actually here now. We see them. The prophecies fulfilled. Listen. Gone was Caesar's golden dome, all the grandeur that was Rome. No more do the nations dread marching legions steady tread. Found her galley slaves release in the ocean's dreamless peace. She who ruled by blood and tears, dead and gone a thousand years. Yes, the empire of Rome is gone, and Europe is still ruled by the kings that would arise after her. But this is not the end of the prophecy. A fifth kingdom is coming. Another world empire is ahead. For we read now, last of all, in verse 27, and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Friends, that's the end of the picture, the everlasting kingdom and dominion of God to rule this world. Are you looking forward to this kingdom? Are you a fifth monarchy man, looking for and waiting for and longing for that day of fair delight? At old Fort Morgan at the entrance of Mobile Bay, the visitor sees an unusual sight, a large dark red spot on a step of stone stairway made during the Civil War by the blood of a Confederate lieutenant was killed by the explosion of a gun he was firing when the Federal fleet was besieging the fort. After the scorching sun rays and dashing rains of 80 years, the bloodstain is still there, a dark emblem of the tragedy of war. So after 1900 years of human history, the blood of Jesus Christ is still crimson on the doorstep of salvation, marking the way to the city of God. Not only an emblem of human sin which caused that blood, an emblem of the redemptive love of God, which at the cross redeemed the first dominion and made forever certain your salvation and mine, if we will accept it. Will you, friend, make your decision now? I lay my sins on Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God. He bears them all Breathe us from the accursed Lord. I bring my guilt to Jesus to wash the crimson stains white in his blood most
unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.